1: <laughs> it would be a world fan, eh? I'm going
2: for it. might yet win. it here for Wolves, Flash in the shot. What Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 19 Min <laughs> Network. Uh, joining me today, we've got dogs, we've got Tom, we've got Andy. Um, <laughs> that's exactly how we want to show I mean, I just let you in behind the curtains. I literally said about two minutes before recording. You can't hear my washing machine, can you guys? Um, so it's that sort of slick run operation that keeps literally tens of you tuning in every <laughs> week. Um unfortunately guys we are here to talk about another defeat although it was a spirited one i'd like to say um because we weren't we weren't awful which i know isn't a baseline but let, let's get right into it guys we are obviously going to talk about the Arsenal game we're going to talk about a bit about world cup because now we don't have a game for six weeks and also revisit some of our pre-season predictions as well to see how we fared so far so uh tom i think the biggest news with the starting lineup, was a shift in formation and back to the, I guess, the tried and trusted five at the back. What were your kind of thoughts when the team news was dropped?
3: Uh, I wasn't against it to be honest. I think if we'd have played four and played how we've been playing, we'd have got battered. So I was all for a bit of change, or something a bit different. Um, Arsenal would have prepared for for four at the back, I suppose, and. Yeah, why not? Nothing to lose. Um yeah, yeah, I wasn't against it. I didn't mind Toto being back in. Um a front two, which was again was a bit different because we're getting absolutely nothing from out wide. Um I was a bit disappointed Nunes wasn't fit to start or potentially fit to start, whether he had, you know, one eye on the World Cup, I'm not sure. But um yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too non by it. I thought it was all right.
2: Yeah, Andy, how, how about yourself? I mean, I guess for Five at the back's a big thing around walls. It's going to be for a while until we can, well, frankly, play the back four, isn't it? So that there's always going to be talk about, oh, we need, should we play in a four or five or however you look at it. Um, but it did feel a little bit more right. Would you say? It,
1: yeah, it absolutely did. I mean, going into the Arsenal game, the form they've been in. I felt like we needed an extra centre-half, and I felt like we needed an extra man in the middle. So it it made sense to go 5-3-2, to be perfectly honest. I think it was the right decision to make. It it does feel like it's a bit of a a millstone, doesn't it, though, for Wolves? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm almost surprised we haven't gone back to this a little bit earlier in the day. It makes me wonder how much uh, Lopetegui gears had. Maybe he's had a word, I don't know, because he has persisted with a four, even at times where you think, you know, we, we could possibly do with that extra man at the back.
2: Yeah, because even in, let's say, this run of games under Davis, it, we very much kept a 4 There's been no real deviation of it, regardless of... Suspensions, injuries—it's—it's it's very, very much been set. Whereas this almost felt like kind of a throwback uh, to last season, didn't mm. it? And did. yeah, you, Tom, you're completely right. My heart slightly sank. It was going to sink, whatever, like whatever the options. But when like, and we'll, we'll talk about Guedes and Dharma uh, later on, but it doesn't didn't necessarily inspire a lot of hope because they're literally the only two options we we had. Really, because Wang was wasn't in the squad at all.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, no natural striker. It doesn't. Let's face it; it doesn't matter what we do up there. We're pretty blunt Um without a, a number nine. So do what you want. It doesn't matter. Just throw, it's one of those dartboard things, and it it doesn't make any difference. Just chuck a load of players up there and see what happens, because nothing else is working. Um so, so that that's how depressing it is at the moment. Yeah. I'd...
2: I don't want to sound too too savage against either of them, because I definitely think, you know, Gredis had some really strong highlights in the game. Um, but it does almost feel like a bit of a tombola selection in terms of who's going to be up front, because you're right, it almost doesn't matter, because none of them do what's needed. And there, there were points in, in in the game itself, guys, weren't there, where we we looked tidy. Like, it wasn't just a complete backs-to-the-wall scrapping it you know we moved the ball really nicely when we could obviously we're playing a bit defensively but we were looking really strong um really strong on the counter-attack and particularly in the first half there was about three or four really really solid breaks where on another day we, we could have been challenging for um challenging and maybe creating a goal scoring opportunity a bit of a clear cut one if we actually had a striker
1: Yeah, I think the the lack of a striker was very telling just playing two midfielders up front. That's all they were really, wasn't it? It was just midfielders and defenders on the pitch for us. Um, I think we definitely did the right thing, though, in not meeting them too high up the pitch. I know Mm -hmm. the fans were getting a bit antsy about, you know, the the whole getting to and fuck them off chance and all that. But ultimately, I feel that by not meeting them until they came into our half, we allowed us to try and play on the counter a lot better. Um, some of those balls that were coming across the top, so Adama could run onto it or Guides could get onto it. I thought that was definitely the only way we were going to get anything out of this game. If you go toe-to-toe with Arsenal, they will tear you apart, which is what they did in the second half when things changed a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that particularly impressed me was, yeah, obviously we we were playing that extra 10 yards further back and having an additional player in the defensive third at the back. But it's when we got those balls in tight areas, um, particularly in the first half, we actually kept it, Um, particularly Bueno, who has been sort of a bit of a shining light under Davis, um, but you wouldn't necessarily attribute him with the defensive side of the game. But there was a point where I think he had more tackles than most of the other balls players combined at one point, but he just kept the ball so diligently and not doing anything stupid with it. I thought there was a real maturity and a real game plan with a lot of those players um, today, and not just, uh, not just Bueno.
3: He marshalled Saka really well. And Saka's mm. a good player. He's mm. a good player, and he marshalled him really well. I don't think it's a coincidence that full suddenly look a lot better when they've got a defender, another defender behind them when we're playing in a three. I don't think that's a coincidence, to be honest. But no. credit where credit's due, individually they did well. That storming run in the first half down the line, mm. re- re- really good. Um, and Samedo, to be fair to me, he's had a bad season. But um, he was getting forward quite well. I think two or, two or three of our counters came from from him sprinting out the back as well. Um, and, and he's a wing-back, he's not a full-back, I don't think. Um, I know there's that debate before, but I mean doesn't I know his numbers aren't great going forward, but he looks a lot better defensively when he's a wing back, if that makes yeah that makes sense.
2: I think it's interesting with with the back five, how many obviously the additional player in there gives pretty much all of those players better safety and numbers. And it almost doesn't matter if you're the wing back or you're the centre half in that situation having got extra protection just seems to give them so much more security i mean you look at like toti gomez as well i thought i had a really strong game as well um and mm-hmm. you, you're right in the same way bueno looks better defensively so did he because he had bueno one side of him so he wasn't getting sucked into a channel too much and he had killman the other side of him as well um one of our best breaks i guess was within the first couple of minutes and i think for a lot of us we sort of missed it but in hindsight, this was a real sliding doors moment um, in the game. And it was, it's a bit of a two-parter in, in terms of the incident. It's the Guedes offside slash penalty decision. So uh, to kind of give it a breakdown for people who haven't watched it, because, of course, you'd be tuning into us if you've not seen the game, of course. As, essentially, he was played um, through the middle of the park by um, Buba Traore, who I think had a fantastic game. I, I I love him. I love him. But I I I I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll don't I'll that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just
2: my, just absolutely my sort of player. I love him. Um but he was initially flagged for a late offside despite the fact it appears that he was behind the ball. So don't know quite how he could be offside. And then he was bundled over incredibly clumsily in the box very clearly um, by the last man, in my opinion, denying a goal-scoring opportunity, he kind of got brushed away in real time. I think it was only at half-time when you know most of us were going to get his confusions for Sky Sports Twitter replays. We realised that there were two really shocking decisions. It's
3: just like, absolute stonewaller. Yeah. It's an absolute. I don't get the. I still don't get the. The explanation from from VAR either. There's no way they looked at that because that start the play started within 20 seconds, maybe. You yeah. know what it's like with VAR, especially with close ones. It takes you know two, three minutes at the best of times. I, I think that, what in that it is,
1: up. it's to do with the fact that the offside was given. So if the lines were never flagged for it, it would most likely would have gone down as a penalty. But because he calls it, that effectively becomes dead play. But what is the point in having VAR if not to correct these, quite frankly, clear and obvious errors within the game? On the the first visual that you put up, Rich, you could see that the linesman was a good two, three yards (laughs) behind play. It was just clear fucking guesswork. He hasn't got a clue whether or not anyone's onside or offside there. He's just put it up just because because you know it gets paid to do something so i may as well do it
2: yeah we we live in an age where we literally have this technology where to be fair i remember the attack um and you know we we broke a really good pace like it wasn't it's not necessarily the linesman's fault he was a yard behind the play because of how we broke but just don't raise your flag You've got to be sure, enough, doesn't it? Got to be sure. That, yes, but all that will happen is in that instant that he doesn't. He keeps his flag down. He's, you know, starts saying into refs, "It's tight." VAR, we're going to check it anyway. They'll check the penalty and then check it. I, I don't understand why it has to be. Ah, well, it's dead because we thought he could have been offside rather than the major incident in the play the critical point isn't the offside that's not the thing that's defining that phase of play it's the potential penalty and to not just go well hang on let's review the penalty incident do we think it's a penalty yes or no I don't know frankly how st- Stuart Atwell missed it in the first place I mm-hmm. yeah. um,
1: it's pathetic. It,
2: it's not like it, it's not like the ball's kind carried away from him or anything. He's just clipped him by the back of the heels and just bundled into him. And you know, I've watched enough cl- clumsy Wolves defenders in my time, and I just can't get my head around it. And then go, well, you know what? Actually, if he's if he, if, you know, penalty, but it's going to be dependent on if he's onside or not. Rather mm-hmm. than, well, it doesn't matter because of something that happened. Thirty yards, which we still got wrong, and
3: the 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 dead play argument I don't get because he put his flag up miles after the actual foul. it it wasn't straight away. It was it it was live. The play was live when the foul happened. So I don't get that dead play bollocks. That's rubbish. Uh, And and, and they're they're saying that you know they can play on. Oh, but in case it's a goal, is a penalty not almost equal to a goal anyway? What's the why? You make Mm -hmm. you know the difference between what's the difference in one and the other. A penalty is it almost as good as a goal, or it's yeah, what point nine is it on the uh, XG? Mm. So I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get any argument that's been put forward for it. There's absolutely no debate that it's a foul. First and foremost, we've we've got done on that one. That was a joke.
2: Yeah, I think, but it didn't feel, it sounds bonkers? But it didn't really feel like it at the time. It just felt like oh, he's offside. And even you know, looking back, watching the game back in real time, it wasn't like Sky Sports flagged it. Uh, uh, you know, in in the eighth minute from whatever minute it was, it kind of just went, oh, he's offside. Oh, it looks a bit tight. Anyway, games Mm. moved on and Mm. blah, blah, blah. And you say, it's frustrating that two lines of officiating, I can, you know, the the on-field referee and and, and, you know, Dino on VAR, it it is a really shocking decision in hindsight. And I'm not saying it came to bite us on the (coughs) arse, but it, it... it was a real sliding doors moment for us because we did struggle to create chances as we've kind of alluded to, you know, we weren't playing with a striker, but we did give it our best go. And I thought Guedes, rather frustratingly seems to be picking up a bit of form. Now we go into a six week break, um, <laughs> but he, lo- he looked, he looks really sharpened. I say, the player most likely to do something, which I- I've been really critical of him on here recently in terms of you know he looks like a bit of a ghost whereas I can still see why people criticise him but I thought he had a really good game yesterday
1: Yep completely agree Um a lot of the people around me were pissing and moaning about him because he's it's the way he looks when he doesn't something look like doesn't a... go his way it's shoulders down and but to be perfectly honest I don't really give a shit about that I want you to pick the ball up and run with it and that's that's your job the way you look doing it, you don't need to smile and be happy. Like It's not really interesting. But I do know that fans do care about that kind of thing. Um, it, it's it's frustrating because he was, you know, far and away, our only hope of getting a goal. He looked so much better than anyone else when it came to it. And I know that Stu has moaned quite a few times that the problem with Geddes is we haven't played him in his position because where he was most successful at Valencia was as this Shadow striker, second striker, and you could see yesterday if he was up top with someone who was like an actual number nine. I think you could really get some really get something out of Geddes. I think he he looked like he was just missing someone alongside him, and not a Traoré who ran around like a headless chicken. To be perfectly honest, again,
2: yeah. I mean, uh, I was going to say with with a that there was about three occasions, pretty much all in the first half, where he just tried to just run through a small box of yeah. Arsenal players. Yeah. And it was the he most. He never frust- had the ball
1: in possession either. He kept uh, trying to do it without any control of the ball.
2: It, yeah, it, it's pathetic. Yeah. And it was just so frustrating. And I can see why people have made sort of shouts for Gwenis to be a second striker, as it were, because there were points in where, like, some of the positions it was taken up, it was like, that's fantastic. If only there was someone like you know on the penalty spot, mm. and the amount of times in that game where it was just like, "Hey, if we actually had like someone half competent up front, we could make it really interesting for Arsenal."
3: Yeah, definitely It sums it up at the. It was, it was a quite a jump in right to the end. Of it. it Sums it up right at the end for me. Like, I think it was a they gave the ball away. It was really late on. I think it was nearly added time. They gave the ball away. It was three on two. He didn't even draw. He didn't draw his man, and then he played it behind Podenza Podenza had to check his run and hit at mm. the goal. And that, I mean, that's our attacking in a nutshell. Generally, and know, is just obviously the yeah the the, the most obvious you know um, sight of that almost. Um, yeah, there's just no fluency up top, and yeah, obviously he's he's probably the worst worst culprit. He's the type of player who you want to maybe bring on when you're trying to hold on, hold on to a game and get further up the pitch because that's all he's good at. You yeah. Just pick, he, he can just get you, you know, you could get you like fifty yards up the pitch, almost like look, like a running back in the NFL, because you, you can't expect any mm-hmm. productivity from him whatsoever. Um, it's just it's just gone. You know, literally, there's no point. You know, he's like get off your seat type player. But is he? Because you know what's going to happen at the end of it.
2: Yeah, I think I saw an interesting tweet yesterday. I think it was from um, friend of the show, Dan Butler, saying, "Is there any part of Adama's game that he's improved in four seasons at Wolves?"
1: Because it's the exact opposite, he isn't he, he, it? has gone
2: backwards. Yeah, yeah, he's basically the exact same player, but the league slash opposition are cottoning on to some ways to deal with him, mm. and it's incredibly frustrating when you look at it like that. But again, with Guedes, one of the things I think Andy I, I noticed he's right—he doesn't seem like he ever really gets angry, and I think he, looks, I think he doesn't. He just looks kind of a little bit not unemotional, just a bit. Meh about it. Melancholy, yeah,
1: disinterested almost, yeah.
2: rather than. A, yeah, I was going to say I've used the word melancholy, and I'm now going to use juxtaposition. Um, <laughs> I feel like um, I, I, I'm reaching out to a certain brand of, of person here, <laughs> so apologies. But I think, like, let's say you compare it to the end of the game when Bueno got booked for descent, and i am not going to lie—part of me loved that because it was a soft free kick. It was out of frustration, and the ball was just sitting there, and he just goes. Fuck it! and just levers it. And I've, almost, I've almost got a level of respect for you know he's going to get you know he's yeah. going to get booked for it, but he's just so annoyed. He's just it's all, in my in my head. Bueno, he's got two uh, options in that heat at the moment. He either kicks the ball or he kicks the player he's fouled, mm-hmm. and the, the better option of the two is the ball. So you know I think he's gone in the right direction in my opinion on on that one, but. Yeah, Guedes rather frustratingly is finding a bit of form, just as we have a break. But he w- he was a bit of a shining light for me in terms of um, another player. Again, we joked about it before um, a bit, but um, Barbecue triore. Mm. Just how refreshing is it? How refreshing is it to see a midfielder who's just different to what we've had the last four seasons?
1: It covers up so much ground. Me. Yeah. yeah
2: really cool. it, it eats Incredible. up the yards. It just absolutely eats
3: up the yards, whether it's pressing or, or even carrying the ball forward. I mean, like you said, on that Geddes one, you know, the offside one, it was him out wide. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, I, I'll put good money on him getting two yellows at some point this season. Oh, yeah. Um, he loves a late tackle, or he presses so fast that if the guys just spun it around him, he's done. <laughs> he's got nothing. Um, but I'd, again, I'd, do we mind that too much? No. I think we're, we're 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 too nice. I think yeah, centre off on for me. We're just too nice. Um, so it's nice to have a little bit of bite in there, and like I say, just some energy, just some legs. It's yeah. just good to see. Mm.
2: And he nearly recreated his goal in midweek as well, which I quite liked. And I'm sort of hoping that becomes a bit like a special move, Andy, where just like, he just, because again, it's 15. And yeah. Yeah. And my, my, my thought process and a lot of the comparisons have been made to him and then and don't get me wrong. Donk, you know, loved him. He's moved on now. I was going to say to a better place, but to another place Mm. and seems to be thriving, but, He's, he just gives us what we that bit of energy that you miss from Dendonka. And he's ironically getting in those same positions as Dendonka in terms of like that right-hand side of the pitch near the edge of the box. But I can't imagine Dendonka try to whip one in, you know, try and bend one yeah. in the far post in the same way. Um, so, again, a, a bright spot in the last six weeks. In my opinion, he has.
1: In he's been fantastic, and I know they say you should never fall in love with a lone player, but I think everyone has around the Molyneux. Like, if God forbid he doesn't sign for us in, in you know in the summer, I think there'll be some like genuinely sad people around the club. He, he seems quite an infectious dude, and you could see when he scored his goal mm-hmm. that everyone everyone within the club seemed to be as happy for him as he was having actually scored it himself.
2: I would say a a midfield counterpart who did struggle. um, Christopher Rogers on our YouTube page. Um, Big thanks to everyone who's watching live and on repeat um, on demand. Uh, We want to view it. it Says Matino was poor yesterday. Again, the 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 other end of the spectrum is Matino seems to have really struggled this season, as have many. But those those legs seem to be aging quite a lot alarming rates have at the moment aren't
1: they yeah he's every every day he's 35 years or whatever he is at this point he's um he's not the the, the force he was even six months ago let alone mm. you know two three years
3: Yeah, it's, it's a shame really we, we you know we all love him at face. It. he's he's he doesn't know as anything he's been brilliant one of the best players i've seen in a shirt, but what? If you like sat back now, what does he offer you on the pitch now? I find it hard to pick anything. It keeps the ball moving a little bit, but if you're in a relegation dogfight, you don't need, you don't want or need that. You got to have something mm. a bit different. And I think he's the he's the odd one out. If we're going to depending on what formation uh, Lopatogi plays, he's he's the one that misses out.
2: And it. Very much so. And considering the form of Nevis this season, the form of Troyore this season and hopefully Nunes coming back injury free. That feels like such a more balanced lineup and gives you so much more dynamism while still giving you, you say, for ball protection, the defensive protection as well. It does sort of feel like it's slowly and slowly coming coming to an end, which will be a shame because he is legitimately one of the greatest players to ever wear wall shirt. And it yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. not so, like you're saying um, in terms of chances Wolves had I was trying to rack my head around this because it felt like we had a couple of really fantastic breaks but we it felt like a game of half chances whereas Arsenal pretty consistently were creating good, good solid chances whether they were offside because um, I know we got the offside one or they hit the crossbar as well Um it did feel like a lot of our chances didn't ever really threaten and I think it sort of showed very much by our shots on targets um, by, by the end of the game unfortunately
3: Yeah I mean just roll back any other pod from any other game and we'll be saying exactly <laughs> the same thing, <laughs> it's just we can't create good chances, yeah. it's just fact oh. it's, it's, and that's, that's his biggest um, that's the thing he's got to work on the most isn't it over the six weeks trying to get this team to fashion decent chances Pick the right pass. Have a strategy to our build-up, other than just counter-attacking. Um, it's it's bit the, it's the thing that will keep us up or, or send us down ultimately. Unfortunately, yeah. It, it, you know,
1: sorry, Rich. I was going to say, it felt very much like right at the start of the season. You know, we was playing quite well, quite decent football, but mm-hmm. all of our chances were coming from 18, 20, 25 yards. That's sort of what it felt like yesterday. We never really got into the box to create anything. And that's why Ramsdale ended up having a pretty easy night of it, I think.
2: Yeah, I think from my recollection, he had maybe two shots properly on target. He had the free kick, um, which, again, was quite a difficult position to score from anywhere. And I think Podence had a chance quite late on, which went pretty much down the barrel as well. And... It was so unfortunate because obviously we'd held out until half-time and more than held our own, in my opinion. Um, And then it kind of did, the wheels did slightly come off, particularly after the first goal, which was frustrating because how preventable do you think it was? I mean, Tom, you're you're saying about our defenders get a bit of push over a lot of the time. Do you think Collins in particular should have done a bit of better tracking on the first goal, maybe?
3: Yeah, it's Collins' fault, I think. Uh, unfortunately. I don't think he had a terrible game. Um, I just think his confidence is just shot. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's squ- I think he's, he's too square, isn't he? And he just lets his man go, and that was it. Then it was curtains. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone else could have really done too much, really. He's whipped across the face really quickly. Um, you could maybe pin it on one of the midfielders to pick up Erdengard, maybe. But yeah, it's, it's um, the only error there mm. for me is Collins. I
2: think as soon as the air was broke the line there it, it. it's pretty much game over and, and to be fair you look at it from an arsenal point of view it's a fantastically crafted goal in terms of the movement and the the flick over the top to get it to the air and you know, a lot of the commentators were very much lording the clip across and actually being able to cut Sar out of the game um and let's say a ball across a six-yard box—it's—it's it's only going to win one way. Unfortunately, with all our players running towards mm-hmm. it, and it—it it, it was frustrating because the, the brutal fact of the matter is we don't score goals. So as soon as we'd conceded one, it was might as well at home mm-hmm. in a way. But we—we yeah. yeah. we, we did still try, and I think we still pers- very much persevered when the second one came, and, and it, it was unfortunate in a way because um, it was on um I'm going to butcher the pronunciation now and I was trying all day um Lembesika
3: close Lembesika is it Lembesika
2: uh, yeah there we go um are arguably at fault in terms of no no I feel too I feel far too critical for someone who's you know literally making his Premier League debut but just that awareness just to make sure you clear your lines and then no one quite knew what to do. Collins arguably could have done a bit more in terms of blocking it. And then we just could not clear our lines again, unfortunately, for the for the second goal.
1: Mm, but I think one thing, though, and, and this counts for the first goal as well. If you watched Arsenal in their warm-up, that was exactly the kind of stuff they were doing, trying to overload down the flanks and get it into the middle. And their movement, whilst it was brilliant, it was rehearsed. Yeah, they knew what they were doing, yeah. and we never got to grips with that. And like the amount of times I've watched us in our warm up, I've said this time and again to the bloke next to me: "You see the warm ups? They do this thing where they pass it to the one coach, then they pass it to the goalkeeping <sighs> coach, then they shoot. They do that every time, and I've never seen us do that in a call that goal. Yeah. Never seen us do it once. So I think, well, why are they training that? But when you look at when Arsenal train, and then they actually do it on the pitch." it's just a world of difference specifically well, for the second goal though mm-hmm. i said this in the group chat last night the problem wasn't i don't think the defense as such it was the fact that we then overloaded on the attackers by the time the second goal had come on we only had neves and trail eight in the middle and we were overrunning in the middle of the park so to be perfectly honest it was steve davis's fault no one else's he, he's the one who fucked that up by making those
2: substitutions yeah and and part of me feels a bit siphon because he's between a rock and hard place because I've like, lambasted him saying we're not, we're, we ain't scoring goals so you're one down at home we ain't got a game for six weeks we need something from it we're bottom of a pissing league at the moment so he, he must turn around and look at that Benji you go where's my goal coming from but at the same time you're right as soon as it felt very disjointed after we made those subs, and we, any of the control that we did have with the formation seemed to go, seemed to be lost. You could argue Arsenal stepped it up again, and I think they were very measured throughout the game, but we didn't help ourselves in that situation, unfortunately. Um, and you just got to hope that I was going to say after Christmas, um, as it were, that that things do improve from that point mm. of view, but. It did kind of feel that this was a bit of a different kind of performance and I don't think we deserved a draw, if I'm gonna be brutally honest. I think Arsenal were worthy of the win chiefly because we didn't necessarily create enough. But we definitely looked a lot better than we have to, than we did, let's say in the end of days under Bruno, would you say?
3: I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. Is mean, it again the banking and... Same drum again and again and again. Obviously, up front, it's just mm-hmm. it just needs some serious serious work. But there are positives, like we said, Guedes. It seems to be performing pretty well. I think Trey Roy looks like a real find. Bueno um, looks looks great, and I think he'll, they'll they'll do well to to dislodge him. Um, so there are there are there are positives there. Where at the end of the West Ham game, to be honest, there wasn't many at all. Um, no. So I think there is something there to, to work on. I mean, touch on this. I've just got to make this one point. The fitness of our full-backs is fucking shite. Yes. It's it's, <laughs> in, it's genuinely embarrassing. Can, I can't remember the last time one of them got through 90 minutes. Yeah. They always get subbed. Right. Eight Nori, Johnny, Semedo. They cannot get through 90 minutes. It's an absolute joke. And I know Bruno made the point last season about he's always making a sub at fullback. Mm. I mean, what's. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And you've got Bueno, who's a kid, and you know he's playing every game. He's playing ninety minutes, and I guarantee he covers more ground than they've covered in, in, in each game this season. He was, he's sprinting yeah. for everything right until the final minute, and none of them can. They, they either pull up, or they have a tweak, or they get cramp, or it's just that that needs looking at. If we're not going to replace them, their fitness needs serious work. And luckily, they're not going to the. Then I'm going to the World Cup, are they? So I just run them into the ground mm. for a couple of weeks is the yeah. first thing I'd do.
2: I think that. I made a point last week on the pod that if I was Lopetegui, the first thing I'd be doing is just making sure those players are fit because they, they simply are not. We pick up far too many like injuries. We pick up, you know, say, ain't Norrie's a bastard for it? He's getting cramp. And with respect, he shouldn't be getting cramp in the middle of a league game. Like, no. I understand it in the FA Cup semi-final it's gone into extra time. Yeah, fair, fair, fair enough. But you're right. Just, it doesn't feel, and I don't have the stats to back it up, and this is where we'll get massively proven wrong. But, you know, they cover awful lots of ground, you know, particularly when you look at, you know, the likes of Johnny sometimes. I know he he, he was injured as well, even Samedo, but, it's not like they're getting to the byline no. every 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 no. five no. minutes, no. and it's really indicative because we compared to let's say under Nuno, even parts and Bruno, those were real assets for us in terms of stretching and being the um, you know being that additional forward player, and allowing our inside forwards to actually come inside because we had the the pace and the dynamism on the wings our wing backs whereas now they almost seem to be a bit too scared to go forward but not good enough defensively to actually stay back and we're not good enough to be able to contribute it so it, it's definitely an area that i think we need to look to improve upon fitness in general but i think the fullbacks need to offer more um uh, overall i'm scared to do it because well it looks horrible um but the league table so yes we will be bottom at christmas um 10 points from 15 games we are 4 points off um the bottom through, well 17th as it were i don't think all hope's lost though yet um i'm still i'm still hanging in there in terms of the, there's definitely three worst teams from Wolves so long as we can actually work out what we're doing in terms of finding a striker?
3: I think so. I'm mm-hmm. a lot more optimistic than I was uh, pre-Lopetegui appointment. If we, mm. Pre-Lopetegui, I thought it was nailed on if we didn't get a high, a decent manager. Um, so I'm more, a bit more optimistic. I did a little bit before I came on. I've only done 14 games, so annoyingly. But at the back end of 14 <laughs> games last season... We only got eleven points, so we only That's one point like better that. off than what we've got from our first, you know, sort of fifteen now. Let's say mm. fourteen games into last season, Newcastle had seven points and no wins, and so Newcastle finished eleventh last season with forty nine points. Bear in mind they had four, they had seven points after fourteen games, and we finished tenth on fifty one points, and that was eleven points out of our last fourteen games, and that so that gives me hope. You know, I know you would say Newcastle signed a few players, but for me they only signed two top quality players. Yeah. Um and you know, a few average players. And we from my opinion we had a stronger base now than what they had back then. Um and that eleven ga- eleven points we had was with was with a striker, albeit one that was bang out of form, but we had a striker and we haven't had one this so far this season. So I think there's 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 still hope for me. It's only four points off Everton and Everton are shite. So
1: yeah i do sort of agree with you there tom um it is it's frustrating as fuck because you look at the team and, and no football isn't played on paper but i would back the our team against almost everybody in this league bar the top six or seven there's no one that i would really fear on our day but our day has been so fucking sporadic for the last 18 months mm. that like relegation is a, a genuine possibility here and, and I, I know you, you didn't say it wasn't, but it is something that obviously Lopetegui is going to have to think long and hard about progressing this team forward in January. And I would hope that Fosun had, you know, that they've brought him in with the promise of, of spending some money, like Newcastle did. And I think that's the only way we're going to get out of this. is bringing in a good sort of three, four quality players.
2: Yeah, I will. Going to take a short break, guys, because we're kind of bowling onto the next segment of the show, to be honest. And so we're going to take a short break, quick word from the sponsors, and talk about a little bit about Lopetegui World Cup and review our fancast predictions. We'll catch you in a second, guys.
0: Hi all, Gully from Wolves Fancast here, and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here. Some outside of the box thinking there, but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs with our very own Woolsfancast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money is gone. We may have just had our answer. <laughs>
2: Hello, welcome back, everybody. Um, as we've kind of talked a lot about Loughborough, but he is now in Wolverhampton. I and mean, my first question to you guys is, what local haunts do you think he's already checked out?
1: He's definitely been to the Gifford, surely. Do
2: you think, do you think he's already been on the throne?
1: It, it's a rite of passage, isn't it? Like, everyone's got to sit on there. Even you've sat on there, Rich. So I yeah, have, I yes, I he's have. He's
2: definitely done it, yeah.
3: Pentandori, pen do we reckon? Not for curry first night?
2: <laughs> yeah. Why I was going to say, I, I, I could imagine them being um, Fumé already. <laughs> like, of he, course. He, yeah. He's got a fellow gone there for a spot of lunch, I can imagine. But no, he he is, is he technically now Wolves manager or is it officially tomorrow? Um, I think it's tomorrow, isn't it? Is it the yeah. 14th? The Monday? Yeah. Um, but he, you know, it was interesting sort of seeing him A, on the pitch on Saturday, but him kind of going around the club, I think it was on Friday, um, introducing himself to everyone. And I don't know, A, this might be a bit revisionist of me, but he does seem to carry himself with a different kind of authority to what Bruno Large did in terms of how he's kind of acting with some of the players, partly because he might know them from different areas. Obviously, he's worked with Nevis previously, and that was quite a, a nice little moment caught on camera I thought seeing them two together um, mm. yeah definitely carries himself quite well I think
3: 100% you could tell he was the boss mm. as soon as he walked in that building he was boss like straight away it sums up for me the the, the Steve Davis uh, thing it was about a 30 second 40 second clip and bear in mind Davis is the acting manager of Wolves at the time and it looked like a TA being spoken to by a guy from Ofsted like he just <laughs> looks like the boss and Davis was like, oh God. you know, he looked like a little frightened frog and I got nothing but respect for Davis. Um but you could just tell he was he was like all, authoritative with with respect um as well. And he seems to really I don't know. It seems to want to really try and build relationships with the players. There's a little bit with Hodge that he was talking about, you know, and he's like a youth team player. Oh, fantastic mm-hmm. performance last night, you're getting ready for the gate, you know, little bits like that, which I thought was good. Um. Yeah, I, I like I like it already.
1: I, I thought even him coming out before the match yesterday and doing a lap of honour. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that <laughs> takes tight. some bollocks, that does. <laughs> they'll I mean, just it. come out, they'll just wave, <laughs> maybe, maybe walk to the halfway line. That's about play. it. Yeah. But no, no, he's like, no, fuck this. I'm walking around the whole of the Molyneux and you're all going to see my face.
2: When... Think, yeah, fair play to him. I was say, when was the last time we had a manager introducing themselves on the pitch? In my head, was it Glenn Hoddle? Because I don't know if we did it with Saunders. It, it, yeah. it could have. I don't. Yeah.
1: You know, we're talking. So it manager... felt like he came in the back door, and then first game was an away game. If I remember rightly, yeah.
2: so yeah. Like, you know, we're talking managers in recent years who have, let's say, joined mid mid season. We didn't do it with Lambert. I know that much. Um say before that jacket joined at the start of the season, Saunders, I don't remember having, mm. but I've got a very vivid memory of something similar happening with Glenn Hoddle. Um hopefully it I turns
3: think out. Terry Connor got announced and gave a little wave, yeah. I seem to remember. As cringy it, as it was.
2: He was always he was internal anyway, wasn't he? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new new manager. Yeah, I, I can imagine Terry Connor probably Shat himself at that to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) it is but yeah, I I know like I mean it's first impressions and you know everything's edited edited, blah blah blah, but he does seem to you say he is the boss and yeah, I I was impressed by it and don't get me wrong, he's got a lot of work to do and fingers crossed either you know we can get in a striker um you know a a lot of the people our youtube comments saying yeah he won't have come here if he hasn't got money um he won't have come if you know we've not been promised to you know bring people in um you know on loan or anything like that so hopefully fingers crossed um there's people lined up no we were linked with um i believe is it real madrid um yeah. but the um Mariano, Mariano Diaz. Diaz for yeah. thirty million. So I don't know whether that's putting two and two together and get you know coming out five. I'd be interested to see if a club could do anything, anything to get back Fabio Silva, personally. Um I know I can't remember Andy which side of the fence you fall on in terms of whether you'd recall him early or let him just have this full preseason, regardless of Wolves predicament.
1: It's I mean Part of me says, like, leave him there because he's getting minutes, he's playing well, and he seems to be mostly happy, other than his outburst the other day. Um, but at the same time, I think I'd rather see him here doing it. it. It's a tough one. Like, what do you do? Is it for the players' development or is it for the club's benefit? If he's just going to come here and warm the bench, there's no point in bringing him back. So I'm going to stay on the fence, to be perfectly honest with you. Like. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Killing me out. Yeah. Tom, how about you?
3: Um, I think I think we'll utilise the loan market a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're bringing a technical director, and he is a technical director. This guy, I don't care what they've <laughs> dressed him up as, he's technical, technical director. Advisor. isn't he? or sport? Yeah, bollocks. He's a sporting <laughs> director, isn't he? Um, <laughs> you don't bring someone in like that unless you want to, you know, increase the recruitment drive a little bit. Um, yeah. Fabio, one, yeah, tough one, really. I think I think we'd be in a better position if we had him. I'm not saying we'd be, you know. Mid table or anything like that, but I think we'd probably be in a better position if we'd had him here. Yeah. Um, whether his development would have been better if it had been here is probably arguable because I think he needs like he needs to be mm. a top, uh, you know, a, a striker when a developer needs to be at a team at the top of a league, whatever league that is, to you know, to 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 find the feet, I think, and, and get a bit of confidence with goals so that it's working in that regard. Um, I'd keep it on the back burner as a last resort if if we couldn't get anyone else in.
2: Yeah, I'll do it. might come back fit. Um, we <laughs> <laughs> probably could point to uh, talk about to, um, a bit of World Cup chat, lads, because I know Wolves aren't playing for six weeks, but it's going to be an awful lot of bloody football happening. Um, do either of you two guys have World Cup fever yet? Because I don't yet, and I'm really upset by it. Yeah, Ooh. it's
1: it's the whole the fact that it's nearly Christmas and we're talking about the World Cup just feels completely wrong to me. Um, it, it's difficult because we're in the throes of a miserable season to then switch gears completely and talk about international football for a month. It just it just feels wrong. I've, I I can't get over the fact that it's the middle of the season and we're, this is going on now.
3: Yeah, it's surreal. It counts massively in our favour, though, I will say that. Yeah. I think this is, this is huge. If we didn't have this, I'd be really worried. He's got six mm. weeks to work with him now. And he's got and it, I think it's really good that not many of our players have gone. Yes, it, it I think he's got the whole defence to work with, six yeah. weeks. He's got all of that back the back line to work with Barring Sarr. And most of the forward players as well, to be fair. I mean Jimenez is done. Um Wang, we don't play that much. And I, I don't think it matters so much that Neves and Nunes aren't there, so they're gonna fit in any system he plays and that yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. that's so.
2: sort of my logic. I'm not necessarily mm. worried about Neves not being around for the next six weeks. Because he's our best player by the country mile. And, you know, they say whether we go for to, however you dress it up in midfield, whether it's a midfield three, a midfield two, a pivot, a diamond, any other football manager formation you can think of that I can drop in, mm-hmm. it, there'll be a place for Ruben Neves. And you could say it helps that they've worked together previously, right at the front end of Neves' career. Um, but you're right, I think working with that defence is is vital, particularly, say, for for the wing-backs, having that hopefully extra focus. With also, there are a few players going, as we've said, Nunes is going, Neves is going, Wang's going, Jimenez is going, you've got to hope so anyway, because he hasn't been here um, recently, but who are you interested to sort of see? Because I I get a lot of look I know Jimenez is still fond in a lot of Wolves fans heart and always will be and relationships aren't exactly they're a bit rocky at the moment but I would get so much joy if Neves sorry if if Jimenez actually performed at this World Cup and scored a goal being a Wolves player scoring a goal in the World Cup I think I'd be bloody fantastic much, yeah, I mean, I think
3: it's good. We're going to bring it back, bring back a bit of form here. I can't see it personally, but um, no, no. yeah, in theory, any any mm-hmm. player that performs well in the World Cup, that you know what it's like. They they come back and they're full of beans. Um, mm-hmm. So, got um, to hope for that. So yeah, but I'll be keeping my eye on Portugal for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, and obviously mm-hmm. the 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 Wolves lads, but there's always some one or two just breakout players that I'm always fascinated by, and they come from some random country and they just you know come out come out of nowhere. So. I'm always interested to see what the next sort of, yeah, you know, Milan Barros is or whatever it is.
2: Don't ask me why. (laughs) Genuinely, I have no. There is no explanation for this. I can see Huang getting a couple of goals. I don't even know if he actually starts. (laughs) You know, his first choice for South Korea, but because of World Cup tournament football being what it is, I can just imagine just getting the odd goal here and there. In just like. A, a couple of like really scrappy goals, and all of a sudden, you know, they're in the last sixteen, and he's got four goals. It's like, mm. how's that happened? He's, have to have done,
1: he's done quite well for career, um, though. Hasn't he? Whenever he's gone over there and he's played a game, more often than not, we've heard positive things about his performances. And I think without Son being there, there's going to be a lot more onus on Plank. So I do think that there is a, a decent possibility that he'll. He'll get some game time and hopefully get a goal or two. And I think like he, he does need to get away from the club a little bit because we've got to the point with uh, with Wang where he could score a hat trick and he would still get abuse from some of our fans. So I, I think a break from the club will probably do him better than anyone else. To be honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I, I, I'm interested to see. I think because of, I guess his. Lack of history in a way, or very minimal compared to Neves, who and 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 Jimenez, who obviously there, there's been for so long. I can't want him to do something to bring home. But for you guys, just out of curiosity, who do you think is actually going to win the World Cup? Probably France.
1: Probably France. I think um, they, they're just they've got such a strong team that. It's always difficult to look past them personally.
2: I'll
3: go Brazil.
2: Yeah, I I was going to go Brazil. I mean, when when I looked at their squad, it was like, well, they've got a lot of good forwards, (laughs) and they've got a lot of good midfielders, and a lot of good defenders, and a weird amount of good goalkeepers as well. (laughs) It's like, apart apart from the fact, I'm thinking they've still managed to call up Dani Alves.
3: Yeah. I think Amazing so. to 39 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Imagine having like Vinicius running at him in training. <laughs> I did see a wonderful,
2: uh, it, it might have actually been on Talk Sport, to be fair, saying, you know, how bad was Emerson Royal be for um, Spurs that Daddy Alves at his age is getting in the Brazil squad ahead of him? Oh, he is. <laughs> but,
3: he is fucking dreadful. The Spurs it, fans absolutely hate him. I think they cheered him off, I think, yesterday.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> he's absolute dog shit. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't have him if we win the championship. He, he's that bad. He,
2: he make he does make us me feel better about our wing back options, which I appreciate are limited um, <laughs> <at> <laughs> best. So I know I'm, I'm hoping somehow in like the next week I really kind of get into that World Cup spirit, I don't know whether it's the weather or what to be honest. It just doesn't it doesn't quite have the same feel as yet. Maybe I'll feel different when you know there's three games game start it's when the game right. start i think yeah. isn't it? i think they
3: mm. get a bit more excited, a bit more buzz about it
2: And i don't think it helps the venue to be honest for, for a multitude <sighs> of reasons but mm-hmm. i think the lack of football history as much as anything else i'm not going to go into you know the, the corruption or you know the mass deaths um as i say i'm not going to go into it as a just <laughs> drop him it's really, yeah. Yeah, uh, before fan cast lawyers got on the phone to me but i think it doesn't help that there isn't it doesn't feel like there's that shared football history within anything whereas even with let's say i don't know um korea japan in 2002 yeah there, there was a football culture there it wasn't necessarily as widely known, but it kind of still went on. And I, d- I don't know. I think it just feels very sanitised. It, it's, it's just It a feels
1: political, with... doesn't it? It feels yeah. it's there for a political reason and a financial reason more so than to spread football around the world or whatever bollocks it, that it Set block <laughs> came out with before.
2: It, it just feels like they f- found a plot of land to put 10 stadiums. Mm. It, 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 it's
1: very it, cynical isn't it the whole
2: yeah, thing yeah. yeah. I don't think that's massively helping with a lot of people's no. view on the World Cup and I think the the human rights element of of, of a lot of it's mm-hmm. well, I'd like to think sort of throwing a bit of confusion I'm trying to think of the right word to be honest but I think it is making it hard for a lot of football fans to deliberate whether you should or shouldn't watch it which is a really shitty thing for something mm. that can bring so much joy to so many people and, and to have to be making these moral, moral decisions off the back of it. But I feel like I've gone down a really heavy path where I didn't really want to I just wanted I just wanted to see if I could shoot on the word Wang mania in, into conversation. So I'm gonna just drag it back to silliness to be honest. So guys me, you I say me, you guys, uh Pricey and Matt at the start of the seasons, we did a fantastic prediction show, um, which hopefully you remember, because it wasn't too long um, ago. Yeah. And I know it's not, I know we're not halfway through the season, but I did think we're at a really kind of bookmarked point of the calendar. Um, and I kind of if I thought, the other day I thought, I wonder how we all did. And then I remember, I did something that I don't usually do. During the show, I actually made notes, and I don't usually do this, so I'm when I was sorting out some files for work, I managed to find my Fancast predictions Excel spreadsheet, and I thought, you know what would be fun, seeing how we all did. So,
3: I don't think that's fun.
2: I I, I think it's very fun. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the predictions we had was it was final league position, but league position, player for season, young player for season, surprise player for season um top goal scorer will bruno be in charge all season and first twitter meltdown so for those watching on youtube i've, I've what i've tried to do is i guess put the most accurate answers there is at the moment so obviously we're 20th at the moment are we all in agreement with Neves play of the season so far yeah yeah i think yeah so. I, I, I couldn't think of anyone who was less deserving um, or more deserving even. Um, young player of the season, I know he's played five games. So I've put down Bueno and then put him down for the surprise player of the season. I think you could argue Triore could be in there for one of those categories. I, I'd, I'd happily take. Mm-hmm. Top goal scorer is, is Neves. Um, Bruno, no, he is not in charge. First Twitter meltdown. I didn't have an exact date for this. Um, I just put it was very quickly. i i I couldn't quite pinpoint when it was to be honest but i thought that kind of lays a bit of groundwork just to make sure we're all caught up on where we were so what did we say now i know tom you you, you're you're smiling at one of them because you did actually um pick one one. right (laughs) yeah so i i've put on on um for anyone youtube our, our rough answers so um, I thought I don't think I necessarily still do. Me and Andy, me and you thought the same. We thought Wolves would finish
1: ninth.
2: Mm, yeah, right. not our Oh, it's a bit
1: off at the minutes. Yeah, there's still time. There's still time, there, Rick.
2: Yeah, we 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 can climb. We can climb. Um, yeah. Adam had tenth. Tom, you had eleventh. Matt had thirteenth. So Matt's currently currently <laughs> nearest out of um, you know. <laughs> somehow um top goal scorer uh, me Matt and Andy uh, we all went for Jimenez for around 10 to 15 goals could still happen could still happen <laughs> um i mean Tom you said 10 for Neto um yeah and, slightly uh, better is it Neto yeah. so yeah we none of us have done particularly well on that one player of the season um me Andy and Tom hey we all we all got for hat-trick of Neves um a couple of the other shouts were for Neto and kilman um so yeah i think we we did all right on that one i think um so that was that was good young player for season tom you were the only well you had two um but we'll give it we'll we'll give you you said you said eight nori or maybe bueno so i think that that deserves kudos um me and matt went for chen campbell adam went for eight nori and andy went gibbs white who yeah. to
1: be fair has probably been performing better than all of them.
2: scored over the weekend yeah. he did, yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> um i was gonna say i am i better because in terms of the surprise player um four of us went for donk matt tom adam and andy and i went morgan gibbs white so i guess the surprise was they both left yeah. yeah and again uh, both
1: of them have done really well for their respective clubs now it's so yeah. like then donk has been getting uh, applauded off the pitch he used yeah. to get booed off like <laughs> <you> know, so... <laughs> yeah.
3: um
2: i thought that bruno would make it through the season um at the start of the campaign mm. and so did matt but i don't think tom and andy i don't think either of you two did from from memory uh, I'm, I'm not the, sure but I, th- I think I said that w- next year. yeah I you think I did the same I think I
3: said it'd go in between seasons I think to be fair
0: yeah
2: so I think um, yeah Nunoz did great on that one and Meltdown I think we all had varying between basically a month and before the World Cup um, I don't think we've hit full toxicity levels in terms of Wolves Twitter but we've we've not quite gone noble Wolves but we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> Um, the other side we had was, um, uh, for the Premier League predictions as well. So we had the, uh, champions, well, top of the league at this point, relegation zone, top goal scorer, our surprise team either way. So whether it's positive or negative, um, one thing you'd love to see, which doesn't, we still got time on that one again. So champions if the season ended today would be arsenal relegated free would be forest southampton and us unfortunately uh top goal score harland uh surprise team i've wrote down three so arsenal positively newcastle positively you could say i mean i think people some people thought Mm -hmm. they'd do well not everybody thought they'd do well um (laughs) <laughs> just to link it in um and uh west ham i think have probably surprised a few people by how poor they've been this season so in terms of fancast predictions we all put down man city to be champions um in terms of relegated free between the five of us, we only actually put down three teams. Uh, sorry, we only put down five teams, Bournemouth, Brentford, Leeds, Everton and Southampton. So I'll tell you what, I don't think we've we're not doing too shabby. Um in terms of those teams. None of none of us have dropped a complete clangour just yet. Brentford you could argue, yeah, might be a bit of a poor shout, but I don't know. I think I still think, you know, there's a bit of likelihood around Bournemouth and Southampton, definitely. None of us went for Haaland, top goal score, despite us all predicting that Man City would win the league. I think it's just because he's going to be rotated out. I was just adamant he's
3: going to be mm, rotated yeah. so much more than he has been. I mean, he might yeah. be back into the season when the Champions League goes deep, but that was my thinking.
2: It's interesting because um, Martin in the YouTube comments said his surprise team was Fulham and mm. none of us put down Fulham or Forest? actually, despite none of us predicting them to get relegated despite, you know, Fulham's history with coming up and, you know, yo-yoing back down um, so to speak Uh, in terms of surprise teams, so I I had Arsenal as my surprise team, so that's my little my little win Um, Matt and Tom you guys had Spurs to do well um, which... I think they're pretty yeah. much they're sort of on course for where you'd expect them to be. Um, Adam had Leicester to be poor, which I think up until two weeks ago, well up until they played us, was was a fair shout. And Andy, you had Newcastle <laughs> to be poor. Mm-hmm. I, I which...
1: thought Newcastle were going to properly Newcastle it up like they always seem to, but things have really clicked there very very well. And I don't think they've got a lot of players going to the World Cup either. So I think they're going to be in for a, a very good second half of the season after this second pre-season. They're going to guess. Yeah, they, they've really surprised me. Yeah,
2: they, they seem to have really stepped up. To I thought they'd be challenging eighth rather than changing, well, top four at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys want a revisit as one f- surprise thing you'd love to see happen? Just just because I don't think we've actually kicked any of them off at the moment, but I think... I don't know. My, mine, I think the tide's turning on mine. It, it's going. It is going. So um I had a goalkeeper to score. So that, I think I usually come second half of the season anyway. So I'm, hmm. I'm still holding out hope. Uh, Matt had Wolves to be the highest Midlands team. I think we're still in the realms of possibility. Um Tom, you had media to turn on Klopp.
3: Yeah, it's mm. getting that way, I think.
2: Yeah, I think a couple more defeats and we could have... He's really getting
3: really, it. really spiky. Yeah. Really spiky, he's not taking anything at the moment. Yeah. That harm I'm... and that deep Maha man thing was mm. an interesting one. He really lost it with that, which I didn't get either.
2: No, I, I mean, I don't particularly like Klopp, to be honest, so it, he's already lost me. But it'll be interesting if, if there's a wider narrative shift around him. But he still feels he's got a bit of that back in Anthony. Um, Adam had Squirrel on the pitch. Um, I've not been keeping up with Fox. Um, with Squirrel pitch oh, yeah. so, No Squirrel Watch for me, unfortunately. And Andy, I don't know what you had against Newcastle this day, uh, but you had Eddie Howe to get sunburnt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's probably when he had to visit the, uh, the evil overlords at some point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I don't think we're doing too awful. I mean, top goal score, we've, we've dropped a clanger, haven't we, lads? Um, but, mm-hmm. and league position as well. But I think, on the whole, we're not, we're not doing too shabby. I think um, we've had our midpoint review. We're not having any mulligans or anything. So, we'll pick it up at the end of the season see if we've managed to get any closer with you know, frankly, any Wolves players have scored. Um, at this rate, I've got a couple of questions from Quick Corner for you both guys. So, uh, John T uh, asks Does Hulen see that performance of a back five with players at disposal I think this is the way forward this season, or does he back himself from re- recruitment to go for four uh, from January onwards? I mean, hmm. do you see us sticking or twisting on four or five?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, he's never, he's never, never played a five, has he? I don't think wherever he's been, it was always Not as far as I'm aware. I'm sure it's yeah. Um, I think he needs to decide in these six weeks because he can't change system come January. Um, yeah, he'll have to assess the players. Think of, you know, see what if if he thinks they're good enough. I don't. I don't think he can judge it just on last night. I think he has to see him in training and, and make a call based on that. Um, it's a tough one but we've only got three We've got three centre-halves really i scared if you are counting him it's a bit of a risk so if he's going for three at the back he needs to get another one in I think he arguably needs to get another one in anyway um, so yeah I think it'll be a case of just seeing what happens What happens pre-season but I think whatever he decides in pre-season he probably needs to stick to because I think he just, he's got to get this six weeks just to drum in his ideas into the players and, and probably don't deviate from it really I don't think he's got time to experiment when the league season hits
2: no, I think he, he does need to call a make a decision quickly and be backed on it. And I almost don't mind if it's a four at the back or if it's a five at the back. I think either way, we, we do need reinforcements, whether it's in the central area or out wide to really solidify things. Because, um, you know, you saw with Newcastle that I know they did bring in Dan Burns, who uh, and, uh, they basically were Replace their entire back four, but I don't think Dan Burns is the was the game changer in that formation. It's having Kieran Trippier,
0: mm-hmm.
2: who re- yeah. actually helps solidify him at the back as much as he offers going forwards. So maybe something like, but there's a different catalyst that's not necessarily replacing the centre halves. Um, and Andy, how about you? Do you think have you got sort of a bit of a smile on this at the moment? I.
1: I think it's obviously going to come down to where we are come the 31st of January, to be honest. I think he will want to go with four at the back because obviously, as far as we're aware anyway, he will then be you know, playing his way, which is this back four. But if he doesn't get the players in in January, then I, I, I wouldn't be massively surprised to see him switch between the two, depending on the opposition. Um, but he, I... I thought we needed an extra centre half, you know, when Bruno was here. I still think we need at least one centre half now. Um and I still think we need another fullback as well, because both Johnny and Samado have been dog shit this season. So that, that defence needs some reconstruction for
2: me. Definitely. Uh last question, guys. Nice one to end on, I'm not gonna lie. Um from Martin. Um what one thing in football um, that lots of people love. You take the uh, Cheryl Crow position of it not impressing you much. It could be skill, stadium, player, coach, etc. For him, it's a Patenka penalty. <laughs> so isn't that that Shania Twain? That's it is. I know. I is know. It, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It, he let himself down. But it's a good <laughs> question. It, it is, is a awesome great question. question. Um, mine is I, I hate. The non-apology, no, the apology celebration against your former club. Don't oh, mind you yeah. not celebrating, mm. you know, score, whatever. I don't like the apologising for scoring part of the celebration. No, mm. just you, you, nah, that it don't sit right with me. And you'll get some oh fair play, well done. No, I, I've either be professional and. You know, if you love the club so much, you feel the need to apologise. Don't fucking leave in the first place. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't realise it got me so angry. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's um, that's mine.
1: One that one thing that annoys me uh, with goals anyway. When an opposition player scores a, a great goal against you, and then you applaud it, so Tielemans, like that fucks me <laughs> off. Like I'm not applauding your goal. You've just scored against us. I'm offended. Uh, the one that doesn't impress me, though, um, a last ditch tackle. All that tells me is you're not a good enough defender to be in the right place at the right time. That you've had to slide to win the ball back. So that doesn't impress me. That's just bad defensive work. Good. I think Gully will appreciate me for saying that. I,
2: I do. I do. I, <laughs> I do. I, I do. I, I've got a lot of time for that. For, for recovery tackle. Yeah. Yeah. like it. it. Um, um, uh, yeah, I can get on board with that
3: yeah Gully had a good one for that I think I saw in the comments it was like
2: it was a, cross crossfield pa-
3: a crossfield pass to someone yeah. just wide open it's like well yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. I don't know if I could do it but well bloody hell like, we had enough players who couldn't do that when we were shit so uh, I don't know one for me is probably like a goal line clearance where it's literally just hit them like they've not done anything they've just yeah. stood there and it's just whacked them oh, that, 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 I mean I'm not taking anything away from it because I, cause I loved it at the time do you remember the Jota one was it last season against Cody Yes. When you just absolutely wailed it at him. And like Kobe, there's no mm. way Cody's reacting, it just happened to be in the way. <laughs> yeah. And we all went mental. Um, probably just because it was Jossa. But yeah, that that's one thing. Whereas it's really like they've done nothing, they've just got hit by the ball. Um but yeah, you've got I suppose you've got to be there to block it.
2: Definitely. Um I was say, anyone got any advances of things that annoy you in football, but not necessarily other people? Let us know because I'm assuming you'll be in safe safe haven here at the fancast but that is it for today's show um i'll be brutally honest; i'm not quite sure when the next show is going to be hopefully we'll um be putting out a bit of content content over the next couple of weeks anyway during the world cup break whether it's walls based whether it's i don't know film wise with football and um, film stuff um or even maybe some world cup stuff not quite sure yet but we'll of course keep you up to date as always but we will, of course, be back uh, properly, officially talking about walls in a few weeks, where we get to cover Chillingham.
3: Do <laughs> <laughs> so you spoke about almost like a really good chance to get into a quarter final of the tournament? I
2: know, I know. We
3: you can't even get excited about it because no, shit. Not,
2: not yet. And <laughs> there's, there's even talk at the moment, not even in the quarterfinals yet. Going, would you take a Would you take the league Cup for relegation? And it's like, no, we, look, can we at least get cemented in one of those positions first before we're, like, chancing away mm. one of those two things? Because yeah. there's a good chance we'll get relegated and not win the Cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Statistically, that's where we're headed yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So that's let, most likely, let, isn't let, it? Let's, let's not have for hypotheticals just yet. Um, big <laughs> thank you to everyone who's tuned in live and listened Um all and watch back it for your support has been so appreciated over the first few months of this season please make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast on Twitter Facebook and Instagram it's at Wolves Fancast um, and big shouts out to our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media and being part of the 90 Min Football Network as well until next time though it's goodbye from Tom Keep the
3: face. See ya.
2: It's goodbye for Mandy. See you later, everyone. And it's goodbye for me. See you next time.